This talk was recorded at the 2019 Actuarial Society of South Africa Convention at the Sandton Convention Centre. For more information on the Actuarial Society, visit actuarialsociety.org.za. So good afternoon everyone. Um, my name is Karika Nal. I'm a di director at Deloitte in the Actuarial Division. Um, they, it's always difficult to chair or to present at a the session after lunch, but I'm not worried today because we have Previn. I, I work with him. I have the privilege of working with him, and it is a workshop, so we're going to get up and get going and get involved. Um, so I'm just going to give those people a chance to, to settle. So I'm really looking forward to this workshop. Um, all I really am doing today is introducing Previn. So Previn is a senior manager in the actuarial division of Deloitte, um, based in Cape Town, but you'll often find him traveling across Africa for work. Um, he's passionate about people, education, and creating a fun, inclusive work environment. Previn spends his spare time reading about emotional intelligence, or he's researching what weird foods he'll eat on his next travels. Previn, thank you for running today's workshop. We look forward to it. Over to you. Okay. Um, mic on. Can everyone hear me all the way at the back? Yep. Good. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, I know we're here after lunch, and it's the graveyard shift last session of the convention, but hopefully you're not too full or not too tired, and we're going to get up, have some fun today. I know the, the app or the, the program didn't have the extra tagline, so hopefully this is why you're here. Um, we can look at Generation Y, Millennials, as Lusani pointed out this morning, it's actually probably the majority of our society at the moment, and have a look at what's changing in, in how we manage people. So on that note, let's start with a bit of fun. Amy, it says you are trained in technology. That's very good. Are you adept at Excel? No. PowerPoint? No. Publisher? Not really. Exactly in what area of technology mm -hmm. are you proficient? <laughs> Snapchat, Pinterest, Instagram, Vine, Twitter, you know the big ones. I'm surprised you didn't say Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> That's for old people, like my parents. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Amy, when you're working for me, you have to have those kind of research skills because I'll send you things for you to comb through and get the answers and send them to me. So for that, you've got to be really good at technology. For stuff like that, no problem. I'll just ask Siri. You, you'll just ask Siri? You know, Siri, tell me this. Siri, find me that. We're all good getting you the answers. Tell Siri I want you ready to go at 8 sharp each and every morning. I don't understand. What don't you understand? What you just said. You don't understand? Be ready to go? No. You said eight, right? Yes. Eight like in the morning eight? <laughs> yes, in the morning. Yeah. That kind of doesn't work for me. Who gets up at eight? I do. I Skype with my French boyfriend in Paris until like three in the morning. I don't even get to Starbucks until like 10 where I order my grande chai tea latte, three pumps, skim milk, light water, 2% foam, extra hot, but not too hot. So if it's okay, I work best in the morning at 10.45. <laughs> uh, 
Wow. Amy, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. Why are you so negative? I can sense your hostilities, and right now I am not feeling very safe. I've been here for over five minutes, and the only nice thing you have said to me was nice resume, which I typed all night for this meeting with you. You've given me no guidance, no validation, no encouragement, no supervision. Is there an HR director somewhere? HR director? Yes, I need to speak to someone. I may have to take off today as a mental health day. Take today off? You, Amy, Amy, look at me. You don't work here. Are you firing me? Okay, yes. Okay, so maybe a little exaggerated, uh, maybe poking fun at some things, but maybe some realistic situations that people have come across or realistic things that people have spoken about in the workplace. So what are we going to do today? Today we're going to have a, a quick introduction, some definitions on, on millennials, generation Y, bit of background. We're then going to look at the Deloitte Millennial Survey results. So this is a survey done every year for the last 10 to 12 years, I think. Um, but uh, we've picked out the, the things that are relevant for people in the workplace, so the aspirations, the impact on society, and then the workplace itself. We're then going to get up and have a few discussions. Um, so that's going to be a little tight in this room, but we'll make it work and try and split you up nicely. And then have a look at some next steps and, and talent management. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Who are millennials? What are millennials? So, millennials is this little band here. So we've got born from 1981 to 1996, currently aged 23 to 38. Now, some of you might be on the bottom end of that and thinking, oh, I'm not a millennial, I don't, don't think like millennials. But actually, millennial definition and the generational definitions are driven by technology. So in South Africa, we tend to lag the, the, the US, which generally publishes these studies, we lag the start of that by about seven years, some studies have said. So South African millennials generally start in around 1988. But because of technology being uh, increasing penetration into the workplace, by the end of that, we only move by about one year. So South African millennials are around from 1988 to 1997 in birth year. Okay. But why am I here? I'm an actuary. I'm not a psychologist. Um, but I'm a millennial myself. Um, I'm an experienced millennial manager. I've been managing people in the workplace for about 10 years now, which mainly means I've been managing millennials. And when I started managing people, I had one simple philosophy, happy people stay. Happy people who are enjoying their environment, enjoying the work, enjoying the people around them, and the culture will stay. So we built this team, we built this environment, but we found that within the first three or four years, we lost 25% of our team. And something was changing. It, it wasn't about the way that we were managing. It was about the way the, the department or the company was structured and the way people were, were managed as a whole. So I started researching. I started thinking about how we can change that and how we can modify the way we manage people to account for changing aspirations and changing mindsets of people coming to the workplace. And I think this it also has been building up for the last few years. So we've had a few convention sessions around um, rank, power, and privilege that Nene Molefe ran, I think, last year and, and the year before. And 
really that, that sparked ideas, and I think people have started to think about this more, but now we need to make it more practical. Take it back to the workplace, have conversations. Okay, so let's have a look at the Deloitte Millennial Survey. Now, I had to put in some numbers here, so it actually is quite a data-driven survey. There's 13,000 respondents from across the world. Um, split by country, so you can see it's pretty worldwide. Not a lot of African representation, although Nigeria and South Africa are in there. Uh, unfortunately, the, um, the survey, because it's run out of the US, isn't really split by race, or isn't analyzed by race, but that would have been useful in the South African context. And the majority of the survey covers millennials, so the, the blue flavor you'll see in all the graphs is, is the one we should be focusing on. But more and more, year on year, we are including Gen Zs in that, so the green dots and the green flavor on the graph will be the Gen Z. We won't focus on them too much today. Okay, so let's look at the first thing that we think is relevant in, in the workplace, and that's aspirations. Now, the priorities and aspirations of any generation is driven by circumstance. And millennials are growing up and are becoming adults in, this, in the workplace and in an environment where housing prices have skyrocketed. Educational prices have skyrocketed, and that changes priorities. We can't say that that's a good or a bad thing, but it is a fact. Now, we have millennials wanting to buy homes of their own, but often can't afford to. We have millennials wanting to have children, but often can't afford the schooling or, or can't afford to have as many children as they would want and still manage to educate them as they would like to. But then we see increasing priorities, like seeing or traveling the world, where flight prices have come down because supply has gone up. So people have shifted priorities according to circumstance. And then we've got this one, which is making a positive impact on community and society, and, and that's increasing year on year. The theory behind that is that with social media, it's a lot more visible, that the problems in society are a lot more visible, and actually people who are, 80% of people are good people, want to do something about it. And you now have channels and, and ways of getting there. And nothing's changed from previous generations. People still want to earn high salaries or, or be wealthy. Okay, let's pick up on the societal aspects. I know this graph is a bit small, but we'll try and explain it as much as possible. So we've got two colors in this graph, the, the little yellowish one, which is going to be what millennials think businesses try to achieve, and the green one is what businesses actually achieve. Now, this is uh, an AOS, if you will, of expectations. What's actually happening? What did you think was going to happen? And sometimes these are quite close together, like innovate, develop new products, percentage of millennials thinking that that's what business should do and what they actually do, that's pretty close. We see a, a fairly close as well on generating jobs or providing employment. But then we come across a big gap where what businesses are actually achieving, according to millennials, is generating profit 55% of the time. However, businesses th uh, millennials think businesses should only be generating profit with 28% of their, their effort. There are bigger issues around. Um, in, a similar, in a similar light, the, the A over E is, is negative, or less than 100, in driving efficiency and finding quicker and better ways of doing things. But then there's also cases where businesses are doing less of what millennials think they should be doing, such as producing high-quality goods and services, 
improving skills of its employees, enhancing livelihoods of its employees. It's an important one. Improving society, big one. There's a big gap. And improving or protecting the environment. Two at the end are, are really big ones, really big societal issues that businesses are not meeting up with millennials' expectations. Okay, and then let's bring it home. Let's bring it into the workplace because that's what we're here to, to talk about, really. Top reasons for near-term exits. And near-term exits are defined as within two years. Now, this is, these are no idle threats because of all the millennials surveyed, 41% have been in their current job for two years or less. So the top reasons for near-term exits, dissatisfied with pay, not enough opportunities to advance, lack of learning or development opportunities, not feeling appreciated, poor work-life balance, boredom, not being challenged, and don't like the workplace culture. So if we actually pay attention to what people are saying and actively try to fix these things, We've got a blueprint for building the workplace of the future. Okay, so let's actually talk about that a bit. Now, this is going to be difficult because it kind of depends on the room on the day. Um, so maybe let's see. Everyone can stand up if they're born in 1990 or after. 1990. So we've got quite a few. Okay. Okay, so maybe find the closest board to you that has an odd number on it. So the the, there's whiteboards around the room in the corners. Maybe just gravitate to the one closest to you. There's one in the front here with the number one. And then let's see if we can split this room nicely. Um, okay, this group seems like a nice number. That group's a little big, you guys at the back. Uh, are you an odd number? You are an odd number, five. Maybe a few of you can go to the back group there. <coughs> yeah, that looks okay. There's a big bunch. I don't know if people are actually standing on the side or that they're actually joining the group. Is that all standing on the side? Okay. Okay, so that's, that's our very young generation. And then let's see, <laughs> let's see from 85 to 90, born between 1985 and 90. Okay, maybe enough for two groups. So maybe the first few of you can come to number two. Maybe let's move the number ones closer to the front. And a few of you can move to number two. And maybe the rest of you to number four at the back. Uh, okay, so how many are left? We're looking at two. <laughs> um, so we got one, two, three, four, five. Sorry, you didn't hear that? No. Okay, so we got quite a few left and not too many whiteboards. Two extra whiteboards. So two extra whiteboards. How many open whiteboards are there? How many open whiteboards? It should only be number six and eight. Okay, um, so. So, so let's go one more down, so between 1980 and 1985. Let's see who, how many we get there. Okay, that's about one group, I think. 
Um, so maybe you guys can take number eight. Okay, so then. And then all the remaining very wise people still sitting down. <laughs> Maybe you can come up to the front. We got this unnumbered board for you right here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So it's a it's quite a big group, more people in the room than we planned for. So logistically wise, let's work with Previn and um, give him opportunity to navigate quite a big group of people to workshop with. Previn? Yeah, we'll okay. try that. Okay. Um, okay. So does everyone have a board? Does everyone have sight of a board and some pens at their boards? I think you might be missing some pens. Uh, no, you've got some. Yeah, okay, okay, that's good. Okay, so this group here looks a bit big. Maybe from our ex-president that way, maybe you guys can go to the back to number six. Uh, okay, okay, busy room. I think maybe if you all turn to your boards, it might be a little easier to talk. But okay, so the question we're going to, well, first let's break the ice because you guys don't know each other. Maybe just go around your circle very quickly. What's your name and what's the title of your autobiography? Just two minutes, very quickly. Okay, I think, I think some of our bigger groups are now done, so maybe let's, let's quiet down. Let's actually get to, to discussion. So within your groups, maybe pick someone with, with very neat handwriting. And the question you're actually going to answer within, within your group is... What do you want the other groups to know about you that will help your working relationship? Okay, now this is specific to your group, to your generation. We'll go 10, 15 minutes. Let's see, let's see how many ideas and, and things you can come up with. All right, I think everyone's had enough time to come up with some ideas. It sounded like some good discussions happened. But I think... Hi, everyone. Hello. 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 Okay, it sounds like everyone's had some good discussions. Uh, I've seen some good ideas floating around, but I think the value in, in, in this session is actually hearing from other generations. So what we're going to do is actually go around, maybe numerically, and hear from, from each group, starting with the millennials in group number one. <laughs> enough time, enough time. Pen's down. Okay, Ricky. Okay. Um, so I'll just read through the list because there's a lot of discussion to back this, but the brains aren't mine. Um, I can be flexible and productive even at home. So flexibility is important. Listen. Um, I can leave a job after one year because so the, the idea is there that by then I'll know whether it's working or not. Um, autonomy. Just because it d didn't work then doesn't mean it won't work now. Boundaries need to be set in terms of work-life balance. So if, if no one's getting the job done, let's get more people. Um, I can... <laughs> I can be your manager too. It doesn't need to be age-related. Age um, financial compensation is important. 
my journey will be different from yours, so don't make me your mold. Um, confidentiality may mean something different to you than what it means to me, so be transparent. Thank you. Now with my enemies in the room. So maybe let's, let's move on to group two. These are 85 to 90. Yeah. Um, so I think um, the first one was we are hardworking, but work-life balance is important. Uh, so it's a balance of that. Um, and then to say, like, millennials are typically stereotyped, uh, and, and it's more the fact that we actually are different as human beings, and it's more about encouraging people to be themselves. Uh, working from home is really working from home. I think there's that perception that you're working from home, maybe you're slacking off, but actually working from home is working from home. Um, who I call if you can text, I think. <laughs> so I think... <laughs> um, so there was a lot of debates about the, the preference of, of communication. So people preferring email, some people, people preferring Skype. Particularly if it allows you to work from home, then Skype becomes even more valuable. Um, and then I, I gave the example that actually at Discovery, even with very senior execs, we use WhatsApp because you actually reach people much quicker with WhatsApp then, and it's not seen as unprofessional, which is also another alternative um, form of communication. <laughs> Unnecessary email sentences, so please get to the point. <laughs> I am, so I'm well, don't thank me for, like, I'm just get to the point. Um, <laughs> uh, and then dress code does not determine productivity, so people can be who they are and wear what they want. Um, please send a gender if you uh, have an email, and particularly from an email, uh, from a minute, uh, yeah, less minutes, more action items. So just give us the, so agenda, what you want, out, outcome of the meeting, and then obviously what, what you want us to do about it. And then work hard and play harder. Uh, so it was the idea around more activities, more fun activities, uh, team building, particularly because now teams are so fluid, people leave all the time, and just to reintroduce people to who's around them, uh, which is great. Uh, can we be recognized, please? So the importance of recognition, I think, which is slightly different from compensation, but more recognition. Um, and then, please, good coffee. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so, so thank you. <laughs> So a fair amount of, of similarity between the groups, although it could both be classified as millennial groups in, in some definitions. But uh, maybe let's keep going around and see what else comes out. All right. Can everyone just on? Okay. A um, little bit of a short list, but the first one we have is we're more development-driven as opposed to loyalty to a specific company. Um, I think we care more about what we would like to learn, how we'd like to grow, and where we'd like to see our professional career going. Um, again, it's been mentioned quite a few times, but we value flexibility. This is both geographic location, clocking in and out, um, workflow and learnings. We have uh, clear communication. So I think a lot of, this is a bit of a broad topic, but a lot gets lost between generations just in terms of how we communicate. A lot of that is contextual, whether it be the period you're born in or the place you come from. So just sort of clear and effective communication is important to us. Um, so spoken to as well, but would like to be trusted more so that we can be challenged more as well. Um, values and integrity are important to us, um, both at a corporate level, but even within people. So sort of communicate integrity and value in the way we interact. Again, what was mentioned quite a bit, work-life balance, uh, as well as social interactions. Um, just sort of bringing in the human element to what we do. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, hello, everyone. 
the first thing that we had was that uh, work-life balance really matters to, I guess, uh, maybe um, sorry, maybe just uh, maybe just tell everyone in the room. So this is still eighty-five to ninety, right? I think that's the right group. Majority, yes. There yes. You go. Um, so work-life balance uh, definitely matters. Uh, the other thing was that hard work is very important. I guess that comes from uh, uh, just we do generally want to work hard. It's just get inspired by that as well. Uh, make the next person's job easier. Uh, I think it's become very apparent when you can tell that the next person is not doing the same work that you are. And, uh, it's definitely something that we value. Uh, manage output, but not the hours. Um, don't hover over me; it'll it'll, it'll get done. Don't, just trust me that it'll get done. Um, value experience and inexperience. I'm uh, generation well, us millennials come into work environments with not much work experience, um, but then the value that you put into us, we definitely uh, would appreciate that. Uh, I understand this generation, I think evident from the video, there's definitely a misunderstanding between the two generations there as to what the one person wanted and what the other person didn't want or, or wants in that sense. Uh, flexibility is a big thing. Time and also the workspace was mentioned by the previous group is that you know, where I work is not so much important as, as the fact that I am working. Uh, take ownership of your responsibilities. Um, work with purpose. Uh, Flat structure, this one is also quite critical. Um, we don't really like hierarchy too much. Uh, it's nice to know that the person who we might be reporting to is, is at, at our same level as far as how much we can interact with that person. Uh, social interactions and working relationships. Um, hovering down on your laptop uh, is, is, is not exactly ideal. Having a working relationship um, with your colleagues, being able to chat about anything, including work, is definitely a big thing in our space as well. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, in the interest of time, maybe we'll can we skip maybe this millennial group and go to the experience group, and we'll we'll come back. We'll come back. <laughs> the oldies, you mean? <laughs> the experience group. The pre nineteen eighty group. Um, one thing is, we were once idealistic too, and uh, we'd like to think. <laughs> We'd like to think we still are, but uh, life happened. <laughs> we experienced discipline differently. Um, we lived in a world which had a much greater fear of authority. Uh, we grew up in an environment which meant that you put on your jacket and tie before you went to go and see your manager. Perhaps you perhaps were forced into the national service. Um, we grew up in an environment where fear was a currency. Um, have patience with me, with technology. I didn't grow up with it. <laughs> Um, and my culture was a culture of conformity, uh, so that affects how I see the world. Thank you. Um, shall we maybe, maybe go to the, the early 80s group here, so we haven't heard from this generation yet. Okay, the first thing is, we are not millennials. <laughs> uh, we all did or do work we did or don't like, uh, or love, at least. <laughs> uh, we are kind of the in-betweeners, somewhere in between, uh, I suppose, the, the previous generation and the next generation. Uh, we respect experience, and we also expect others to respect experience. <laughs> we do have a voice. 
we want to just get on with it. So we, we do, do like to get to work and get things done. Uh, we can change the world through hard work. <laughs> uh, we know what we are thinking, talking about. So again, respecting experience. And we take ownership and responsibility for the tasks that we are given, and we expect others to do the same. Thank you. Okay, so, so, the, last, <laughs> so the last two groups slightly different from the, from the few millennial groups that we heard. Um, maybe let's go back to the millennial groups and maybe just your top one or two that we haven't heard yet or anything that's very important to you um, instead of going through the whole list. So I think yeah, most of them are the same as the rest of the millennial groups. Um, what we did say is that we're driven, not necessarily demanding. Um, so we just make it known that we know what we want. Um, we're not necessarily lazy. We may just work smarter rather than harder. Um, <laughs> I hope none of my colleagues are here. We, <laughs> we challenge the status quo. Um, and we're not just our jobs. Uh, so we do value things outside of our jobs. Um, and we also, because of that, we have our own unique definitions of success, which yeah, we'd like it if people appreciated that. And yeah, we embrace change, the different ones. Yeah, thank you. Okay, um, our last millennial group, and then we'll go to the experienced members at the front to finish up. Okay, so I think I'll just highlight one or two that have maybe yeah, not been mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we just basically said, um, also I think that we co almost constantly need new stimulation, so not necessarily doing the same thing for a long period um, again, so there is value in, in um, getting new stimulation. Um, some comments on um, having mentorship instead of necessarily management. Um, and then also a real sense that um, you we derive value like, or we attach value almost like, basically you want to know that your work is meaningful, that like it gives value to someone or something or um, something like that, not just the, the financial gain at the end of the month. Um, and then um, some people were really keen to have nap pods, but that's about it. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Yeah, sleep is very important. Um, okay. All right, I'll do it. And maybe our last group is right in the front. <coughs> All right, I'll, I'll read it up from, from the bottom up because we probably got a little bit better with it with time. Um, I think the first one is we believe we like win-win scenarios. We believe in win-win. Uh, we don't have all the answers. Uh, we understand that the world is changing. Uh, so we look for solutions and not problems. And we are here to help. Uh, we prefer to write things out and use punctuation. <laughs> uh, we think before we jump. Um, and then from this point onwards, it became a little bit more preachy. We, we started actually thinking about giving advice as opposed to <laughs> conveying our own views. Um, we believe in perseverance and being patient. Um, to, to, to quote somebody, the, person, the founder of my company, uh, we believe overnight success typically takes about 15 years. Um, uh, for us, accountability is more important than excuses. Um, and we are all hashtag special. <laughs> and lastly, uh, we respect time. We believe in the respect of others' time. 
Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for sharing. I think the... You can stay where you are. You don't have to sit down just yet. I think uh, in the interest of time, we still have some time, and a lot of the value in these discussions comes from listening to other generations and actually questioning other generations and trying to understand them a little better. So does anyone have a question for another group that they weren't in? A clarification or a disagreement? I got a, someone brave in the front there, Karika? No, on no, the back, yeah. Oh, here you go. <laughs> I just had a question for group number six, um, where you said there was a culture of fear. Just wanted to know whether you still, whether you believe or you still believe that that's necessary and whether it was the best method to get things done. I'm glad that culture is gone. I don't think it served any purpose. Um, but it still has a, a bit of a lingering thing on the way you approach things. Um, but it's a good thing that it's gone. Okay, anybody else? Yep, one in the front there. Uh, yeah, I guess, I, I just wanted to say, we haven't spoken also about the, the context that millennials have found themselves in. I think there are a lot of reasons that there's certain characteristics of millennials, like a, appealing to authority and, and safe spaces. Again, there's a lot of reasons for that and, and also generational things in terms of why we are at a certain stage where, where we are now. But and again, not all millennials are necessarily that woke or... <laughs> again, it's uh, yeah, very different things. Um, yeah, so there are different people within the group as well. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah thanks. Someone else back um, there, this yeah? is a question to, I guess, the older generations. Do you value hierarchy? No. <laughs> Anyone want to elaborate on the no? Uh, Nazreen? Honestly, I prefer flat structure, but I think any structure needs, also needs a clear leader. So I think that's quite important. It needs clear leadership. I don't know if that answers your question. Okay, I think we've got time for a few more. We've got one in the front. Um, what does work-life balance mean to a millennial? <laughs> anyone, anyone want to answer? For me, it means that I'll get it done. Um, it might not be in the way that you expect it to be or in the structure that you wanted it to come out in, but it will be done. As long as I do it in the, you know, in my comfortable way, without the pressure of your structure. Okay, thanks. Um, we had a question here. We first, have a few people want to add to that. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. So I think it also depends on where you are in life. But if it's an eight-hour job and it's more than ten hours on average, then it's not an eight-hour job to begin with. So then you probably need another person. So I think it's more about if I'm working my if I'm putting in my my best when I'm at work and I'm not on Facebook or Twitter or whatever else, um, then I expect that I should be able to have time for sports and family and religious activities or whatever. So I think it's just it comes down to that. My my opinion when I look at my parents' generation is. You, you work harder to, to perform harder and people work more and more the older they get and I don't think that's a healthy structure. Okay. 
Yeah, I guess just to add also, it's, it, the environment is very different working now because you, you can't switch off as easily. Emails are on all the time. Sometimes you're expected to check things 24-7. In the past, it was much easier to sort of close the office and only look at things the next morning. So it's, it's also the technology. It's not just a... It, it's like everyone needs to work on work-life balance now because of technological things, yeah. Yeah, and it's getting more and more difficult. Um, does anyone at the back want to answer, yeah? Thank you. Um, I think what stands out for me is, so I've got a daughter, so if there is a very important work meeting and she has a ballet recital, I'm probably not going to go to the very important work meeting. Like, because, you know, it's just that type of work-life balance is, it's more important to me that I see her growing up than it is for Old, old, old mutual, yes. <laughs> 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 for old mutual to make however much more money, because at the end of the day, I'm just an employee there. They can replace me, but my daughter can't replace her mother. Was that was that different for any other generation? I think maybe you felt the same when you were working and so had young children. As a to my parents, yeah. definitely prioritized work over family a lot of the time. So. From my point of view, yeah. Thanks. Maybe you can give the mic to Theo. I know you're going to say something. Yeah. Uh, so, so I've got a next question. I don't know if someone wants to. Uh, does someone else have a, another answer to the work-life balance question? That the burning answer. Yep, we got it for us. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I think the the comments on work-life balance are very valid and interesting, and I think. Um, Maybe a challenge is that, that no one trains us up to actually handle this new technology and constant flow of information. I think probably for me that's one of the biggest challenges that there doesn't seem to be a topic that gets discussed openly. Um, so from my perspective, I think probably training or assistance to help guys say, like for example, um, saying no to meetings for family purposes. Um, starting to set an example myself for, for people. I think it's, it's something we can probably do a lot about to help guys achieve that work-life balance because there's not a lot of assistance to achieve that. Everyone wants it, but there's no clear guidance on how to go about it. Thank you. Got a response in the front. And a new question or a response? Um, I just have kind of like a response on the work-life balance thing. I, I can't really speak for everybody in my group, but I know that when I started working, it was definitely not an eight-hour day. It was more around the 14-hour mark. And that happened for about at least three years, which I think to, to my mind at that stage, it was like uh, that's how you earn your colors in terms of uh, in, in, in the workplace. It's where you gain your respect and all your knowledge. And I think to a large extent, I expect that very much from new entrants into the market, which is not necessarily fair. Uh, it just feels fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for the honesty. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I think we have time for one last question. I know Theo had a question. Wait, one um, more year. Uh, yeah. So Theo had his hand up a while ago. Okay. And then one more year, and then okay. we need to wrap up. Because I'll try and keep this quick. No, so I mean, so general trend is that I suppose the younger people tend to move jobs more um, quicker than maybe a couple of years or generations ago. And um, I think even at our company, we've got a rotation policy where you can basically after three years go to some different department and, and learn something new. Um, and I'm almost just wondering from, especially the group that s said that they value they you know, value experience 
um, I think it's important and maybe even from people who've had a long career like what do you think is valuable to to um, find like hop around every year find something until you actually do get to a place where you, where you say well this is really what I want to do I want to work in this for a long for the long haul or uh, maybe working three years stints or like what is the what is your view on like accumulate like where do you um, almost like accumulate good experience and when are you actually missing out on good experience by jumping too quickly okay responses yeah so uh, I think the three-year mark is actually a very good benchmark. But like in year one, you don't really know what you're doing. Year two, you actually kind of get the hang of it and you start improving things. By year three, you've really got it going and you can teach somebody else how to do it. Um, after that, you're really stagnating and, and you should be trying to improve or do something else or, or go somewhere else. So I think I agree with that. but it it is very dependent on the individual and the rate and the pace at which you learn, um, your desire to try new things, and also the environment that you work in. Some companies design their staff rotation su such that it gives people opportunity to move without moving out of the company. So I think it's a very individualized question, but, but yeah. Thanks, Reuben, uh, we running out, running of, out time. of time. Yeah. Um, Let's see, good, okay, so maybe it's time to wrap up. I think um, I'm glad people had more questions. I'm sorry we didn't get to them, but I think that shows the value in having these discussions. And I debated in my head a long time about this conclusion slide, if you draw your attention back to the front there. So the conclusion is challenge yourself and have these conversations at, the, at work. Talk to people who are a different generation of you. Understand before being understood. That's a principle I live by. If you're trying to force your opinion upon somebody else, you're never going to get to the right answer. And I'm a big fan of uh, Brene Brown and her philosophy about being vulnerable. So when you're putting yourself out there and taking a risk, that's actually living. Vulnerability is strength, not weakness. Now, I played around with the slide a lot because I didn't think that saying having conversations or have a conversation was a good conclusion. But if you've been to the, the collective guys next door for their workshop, if you heard Carl Vandrach this morning on the transformation session, I think we have these conversations with each other, relative strangers, once a year, and we don't take it back to our organizations where it actually really matters. So that's my challenge to you. Take this back, talk to your people, and let's move forward. Thank you. <laughs>